Welcome back, everybody, to another fun edition of the Rolex Whiskey Passion Project. I just want to remind everybody, I see a lot of you are listening. Shit, everybody listening. Today, I got a gentleman on the call who we've been trying to get on the phone since February of this year. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Brett Kolomajek to the call. Brett is the CEO and co-founder of Bourbonhead. Brett, welcome, my friend. How are you? Good, Gavin. How are you? It's good to finally connect and uh, be on the show. Dude, so excited. You know, when you and I speak, I get excited about what you're doing. Obviously, you've changed a few things, maybe, maybe not, but you got a cool thing going on. You want to take a second to introduce yourself to the listeners today, please? Yeah, so we've actually, we're coming up on a year since we started selling memberships to the club, actually. So we've done, gosh, five or six events so far. Oh, no way. Like, Holy yeah, different, different pop-up events in different cities around the country for members. This last one, the most recent one we did, though, was really cool. It was in Austin, Texas. It was our first ever members retreat. So we had about 30 people out on a lake in Austin, rented a huge house, had boat, jet skis out there, probably... Twenty-five to $30,000 worth of whiskey in the house that we were just doing bottle share style. Had a couple of really cool liquor reps out there doing like brand experiences for us. Everything was catered by a professional chef and it was just a, like a three night event and it was, it was incredible. Oh my God. How, I mean, the pictures looked amazing. I didn't realize you'd done that many events. I guess I haven't spoken to you since February. So this is exciting, dude. So tell me where the concept came from. Like how you got, what, what made you decide to do something like this? Yeah, you know, honestly, we really just kind of like, we kind of wanted to give others the experience that we'd had in the bourbon and whiskey world. And so the, the vision for Bourbon Heads kind of came in two parts. So the first part of, of the vision was, you know, kind of the vein that you operate in a little bit, which is like whiskey investing focus. So I've got one of my business partners on Bourbon Heads. He's got a world-renowned whiskey collection. It's probably a seven or eight yeah. million dollar value <laughs> collection. You, you know, you know, I know. Like you guys have yeah. bet. I would say eight million on a shitty day. And so, like, he inspired me at some level to get into whiskey. And my collection's far smaller than his, but still large. And you know, it, it got, I got to thinking. I'm like, man, so many of us get into like this whiskey investing world, whiskey collecting world, with the goal of amassing this huge, like, world-renowned collection similar to what Dwayne has. The reality is, is that not very many of us will ever accomplish that either because we run out of time in our life or we just don't have the means to pull it off. Right. And so the kind of genesis for bourbon heads was like, man, what if we got a club of people together where your token, your NFT on the blockchain got you fractional ownership. And the vision was let's build the world's largest bourbon collection. And that collection is shared by its members. So kind of giving people the opportunity to say, I'm a part of this huge vision, and so I own a piece of this large collection, and I get to be part of the journey and building it along the way and kind of have that experience that Dwayne and some of these other like world-renowned whiskey collectors, yourself included, have had. And so that was kind of part of the vision. And then, and then part two was really what we experienced in Austin and through these events that we're doing, which is, okay, now, you know, layered on top of that, that's nice, but also the community aspect, the sharing of the bourbon, the drinking of it, the popping the nice bottles, the like, the just friendships that you build over time being in the bourbon community, the longer that you're in it, is really something special. And I've met some of my best friends that way to this day. And so, you know, that was kind of part two of the vision, which is, hey, these memberships should get you access into like private events that we do around the country. You know, we can get into a 
later, but we're even opening up yeah. like members only speakeasies around the country that your that your membership will get you access to. So kind of like kind of that subversive, like very exclusive whiskey club, and this membership is everything and gets you into everything that we do. Well, I love it. I mean, to me, it makes total sense because you're 100 percent right, guys. Like me and Dean, you know, get to do some really cool shit, but it would be even more fun if we could do with a more groups of people. And then also right. the relationships that we have, you know, at the end of the day, these brands that we work with, well, these brands that we invest in, they want more people to do both, to drink it, invest in it, share in it. So they're also up to come and fucking hang out and introduce themselves. And, you know, it's, it's such, cause it's a totally focused group as opposed to maybe some random show. You know, where it's like, it's not. It's just maybe some people just want to come get hammered. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, our membership, it costs $2,500 for a membership. So it's not, it's not like a crazy price tag, but what it does, and it's different from like a local whiskey club bottle share is it aligns the price point and like the resources in the room to say, okay, everybody's coming with a certain expectation of the levels of bottles that are going to be here. And you mm-hmm. know, like one guy's not bringing a George T. Stag and another guy's bringing a Weller Special Reserve, right? Like there's parity in what we all expect and we've all contributed certain amounts to this experience. And so what we get out of it is what we put in. And there's, there's sort of that like level playing field across the whole club, which is nice. No, I love that. I love that. Now tell me what was, what's the goal as far? Cause on the blockchain, are you going to sell infinite amount of memberships or do you have a, a number somewhere out there that's just like, that's it? Yeah. So right now the only membership that's available is, is called our all access membership. And there's 1500 of those total. That's all we'll ever sell. So 1500 members will kind of be the most elite level within the club. Uh, right now, I think there's like between five or 600 memberships sold of that. So we're coming up on the halfway point of those all access memberships being sold. And essentially what that means is basically an all access membership will get you into any event we ever do, any bar we ever open, any speakeasy that's members only that we open around the country. You get into those. And then what we're doing from there, uh, like we're working on opening up our first uh, speakeasy concept in Louisville, Kentucky right now. We will also sell like local chapter memberships at like the 100 to 200 level to that specific mm-hmm. club. So those will come with kind of reduced privileges at a reduced price point just for yeah. that local chapter of Bourbon Heads. But that's kind of the vision for membership. Okay, love it. Now tell me about your personal whiskey journey. Like you personally, as Brett, like what was, what was a moment that was the starting point where you're like, oh shit, this is pretty fun. This is, I like this. It goes back, I guess six or seven years now. I mean, the real genesis of it was my, my wife and I and my in-laws took a trip to Scotland, Ireland, and, and just kind of you're exposed to so much whiskey culture over there. The first thing I ever drank was Red Breast 15 year at a little bar in Ireland with my father-in-law, which was awesome. I'd always kind of had like this desire in me to collect something. I just never was into like figurines, collectibles, watches, anything else that most people collect. So when I kind of discovered whiskey, I was like, man, this is, this is pretty cool. And I had that thought in the back of my mind. And then I actually went to a tasting experience that Dwayne, who's a good friend of mine now, hosted in Oklahoma City and he was talking about his collection walking us through the tasting experience I was like man this is super cool like this is something I could get behind just from a pure like the financial piece the investing piece like that all made sense to me how that worked my coworker at the time bought me a bottle of Eagle Rare 10 year that year for my Christmas gift at our like company Christmas party and I was like oh my gosh I've, I've never seen this I thought it was the coolest thing ever like 
the word rare is on the bottle. This has to mean something like this is going to change my life. And, you know, obviously now I know it's a $30 bottle. That's pretty good, but seriously for $30, it's probably one of the best bottles out there. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And so like, that was just cool to me. If you had Eva telling me the story, he's like, man, I walked in the liquor store and told him I was asked, I was looking for a friend for a buddy who's getting into whiskey and they pulled this thing out from behind the counter. And it seemed like this really cool, like elusive bottle that I had just found. And, it just one thing led to another from there. And then, like I said, you know, it started for me similar to you from an investing, like financial kind of arbitrage value perspective. And then it really morphed into like, man, I got in these local Facebook groups in Oklahoma City and met some of my best friends today. And like the, the community around whiskey and just like the hospitality and like coming to the table to share whiskey or have a cigar and like, what that does in the context of our busy lives, just being able to connect with other people around you and build friendships without phones being out, without other things going on. Like I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it. And so that I would say took me from like a, a five to a 10. And that was realizing like, man, this is a huge relationship builder and community builder. And so I love that. I mean, I totally agree on, the, on all of that because it's pretty cool when you get to that point where it's just a like-minded group of individuals and then it's kind of like the bonus round when you like, you know, it's nice to know that, you know, that you've invested in something that continues to appreciate. And if it didn't, it's also going to be great to drink it. Absolutely. I thought, I mean, so you can't, you can't lose. Like you're like, Hey man, it's either worth something or it's going to, or it's going to be a heck of a night. <laughs> you hedged, you hedged your bets well. And then that's after, right. Well, so, so, you know, so you do Scotland, you do Ireland, but obviously not bourbon there. You know, you're drinking no guts, drinking whiskey. And you and 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 in your mind, what's going off? Like, oh shit, I didn't know that that this could be done with this. You know, this is just something I normally casually drank. Or are you already looking at a value proposition at that point? Yeah. So initially, I was almost looking at just a pure value proposition. I say similar to like what you hear a lot of people say about coffee, wine, bourbon. Like it was an acquired taste for me. Like I I kind of had to tell myself like I want to like this, and then that the world of taste and flavor kind of opens up later. At least it did for me. But yeah, the, the, the value of like, man, I can go buy a Weller 12 for 30 bucks and it's worth 250 to somebody. And that can be an avenue for me <laughs> to trade, trade into like bigger bottles, bigger bottles, bigger. It was, it's like, to me, it almost struck me as like, this is like one big game of bigger and better. You know, that game where you like yeah. start with a penny and you see how high you like, that's what it felt like to me. I was like, okay, I can get this if I just get like a few of these and then trade that into this and then trade those into this. And like, that was fun. I agree. It, it, you can just keep moving up the ladder, you know, a, as things go up. I mean, it's crazy what, you know, you see it, the same as I do, how Blanton's and Eagle Rare and E.H. Taylor, you know, like these things are used to trade up, you know, in, in, in certain parts of the web, you know, that you and I are visible in, you know, kind of interesting because they'll be like, literally like, oh, do you want this? I don't know. You want a Pappy Van Winkle? You need to trade like eight Blanton's yeah. <laughs> for sure like that. Oh, do it. The first, the first, the first time I ever, like, I, I distinctly remember sitting in my office in like 2015 or so. And I like, I remember the first time I sent somebody like $120 on Venmo that I had just like never met before, but like was in the same Facebook group. I was like, I have, I am, I have got to be insane. Like, this is not real life. Like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. And then you get into the communities, they're like, yeah, this actually works. It's like one of the most efficient self-policing systems on earth. Oh, God. I mean, that's what I tell people. The self-policing is pretty insane because really it's a big group. Now, okay, so now you're, so, so, so you, you go to Scotland, you got Redbreast 15. Anything else stand out on that trip for you that you were like, whoa, that's interesting? 
Not really, no. I was just more intrigued. Like, obviously, like, the, the McAllens, the Glen Morangis, like, that tends to be, like, from a Scotch perspective where my taste profile, but like you mentioned, I tend to gravitate way more towards bourbons and rye in terms of yes. taste profile than... So that's what I was going but, next. Like, like, so you did Eagle Red 10, like, that comes, but, like, can talk amongst, you know, many people like us. But there's, like, a certain level where you're like, listen, man, like, I'm only going to drink a certain kind of thing because I'm not drinking this to, like, you know, deal with any stress in my life. I'm do I'm drinking because I enjoy it. Right. <laughs> you know, like, so so when you kind of go up from the $30 to the multi-hundred to the multi-thousand, you know, like, I tell <laughs> people, like, listen, if it's under 900 bucks, there's a high high likelihood I'll open it. If it's mm-hmm. over 900 like, I just don't want that sitting there. It's not because I think, like, 900 is a tremendous, tremendous amount of money compared to some of the stuff I'm in, but that 900 has a potential to become 1500 in four years. Now, 1500 could become 3000 And at that point, I'm like, well, then I don't really need to drink it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the future value on it. What was, like, when you, like, what was a stepped-up experience for you when you drank? I mean, mine was, like, I was fortunate enough to, like, literally drink a Michter's 20. That was, like, mm-hmm. my first Michter's. By, totally by mistake, but I just hadn't gone down that road, and I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, initially it was like they, you know, you go from the Eagle Rare 10 to the Buffalo Traces to the Blends, like that kind of world, the entry level Wellers. I would say the next level up for me, you know, early on in the bourbon journey was like the E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof, the George T. Stag, you know, some bottles at that level. For me, similar to you though, when I, re- when my like, when my passion really started to explode, it was really some, just some generous friends. In Oklahoma City, we did some bottle shares and, you know, opening up things like the Michter's 20 year from 2016. A buddy of mine had won in a raffle. Actually, this is a crazy story. And in, in a one week, he won two Will at 25100s. And so we cracked one of those. Oh, wait, wait. Stop there on that one second because like, what year was that? <laughs> that was 2017, I think. So, so, I mean, like those weren't like, if you think what those were worth back then, like you yeah. didn't win what he would have won if he would have won it now. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's got the bottle. It's fucking insane. 25 100s are bonkers. But like Willard is the perfect example. Like in the last six years, it went like zero to hero. Like with multiple zeros. Yeah. (laughs) On it pretty darn quickly, especially those 25 100s. Yeah, I think when he won those, they were valued right around the 2000 mark. Yeah. Which at the time (laughs) was like insane that we were opening a $2,000 bottle of whiskey. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm sure now he looks at that and he's like, man, that was $15,000 worth of whiskey that we drank in a weekend. And- oh, I like, like my Mictus 20 that I first tried was a 2015 and I drank it in 2016 and that was yeah. a $900 bottle. Right. You know, but, you know de- definitely not six, $7,000 now for that bottle. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's insane, man. Like it's just, I, it is the, the appreciation is crazy. I mean, we're starting to see obviously some level off right now, but yeah, I mean, and that's, but you know, the thing is, is like, that's, that's the cool thing about when you layer the community piece on. It's like, man, that's a memory that we'll all share uh, opening that bottle and sharing it that night. So like, I think if you ask any one of us, it was worth 2000 at the time and now it's worth 7000. So like the appreciation on like, the relational capital that's built from, you know, those experiences oh, tends God. to go up over time too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the Willow 25100, like the Mictor's 25 year, those were just, those are bottles that you start to be like, man, I've, I've never tasted anything like that. It's just so different than anything else that's on the market. You're like, that's when you realize like, you know, this is a, this is a very deep rabbit hole that never ends, you know. 
and truly never ends. And, and, you know, financially, really, it's like just when you think, you know, I, you know, guys like you and me, just it's never enough. But we're also getting smarter with how we spend that money as well. You know, like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, I want it really bad, but I'm not going to get ripped off for it. I don't care what the market's paying for it. This is not what I'm paying for it. You know, <laughs> I think there's a fun leveling off right now as what the market is paying is coming down. I mean, you know, Suntory, they did the Yamazaki, they did the Hakushu for the 100 year anniversary. And now they're doing the Hibiki and literally like the SRP on it for a Hibiki 21 is seven grand because mm-hmm. the number 21 is just the youngest whiskey that is in that. That's what they have to label it by. But apparently there's like insane, insane, you know, whiskey in there. Like 35, 40-year whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, and brands are starting to get a little smarter, I feel like, especially in that oh, God, in yeah. that realm about how they're pricing things, for sure. And I think, like, you've been around the game a lot longer than I have, too. But, you you know, you go around the sun a few times and you realize, like, there's always the next thing coming up. So it's just not worth overpaying for that crazy bottle, which, of course, you really want. But if you just put in the time, like, you can get six of these and, you know, trade those up things, too, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing, like, because when they released the 100-year Hakushu and Yamazaki 18s, people were in freaking nuts and were paying all kinds of crazy prices, and then they just kept coming out. <laughs> like, like, there was no sense of stopping how many thousands of bottles were leave, released globally, but, like, if you were, like, that FOMO, which I 100% was in the beginning, yeah. we all wanted, like, way more than I ever should have paid, and then I was like, oh, God, if I just would have waited, like, two months. <laughs> like, I would have come back down. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's, you know. And so it is. You know, it's like, what my, my, it, those are such one-off stories in my portfolio that I don't really care at the end of the day. Because for sure, over time, you know, it will definitely continue to play itself out. Now, yeah. with, with, with bourbon heads and, and everything that's growing there, I mean, you are really owning that space. I mean, I've never heard of anything like, I mean, obviously this private, but like mm-hmm. you're saying like, oh shit, which is what, you know, I love to, you know, like that to me makes so much sense, especially because you just have a decent, you know, 1500 tokens, you, you all access plus local ones. Like people are going to be able to actually like learn and have fun, which is pretty darn cool. Yeah, it's a really cool community for us from the business side. Like we looked at it as a hospitality play in the whiskey cocktail space. <laughs> like how do we create super high end exclusive whiskey bars around the country? So the way that we've always viewed it is the membership fees that we're taking are essentially seed capital for us to go and open up these concepts that then members can enjoy. And then that capital, you know, gets recycled back into the club and back into opening more whiskey bars and more speakeasy concepts. So, you know, we're, we're very early stages, but right now, yeah. you know, we're, we're sinking a considerable amount of funding into the build out in Louisville. It's going to be, it's going to be right in the new district of Louisville, which is kind of an yep. upcoming you know, hot district down there. It's a really cool building. We've got a great concept opening up. That's that's set to open probably next March is what we're eyeing at. So a couple okay. months before before Derby weekend in Louisville. But yeah, like I said, that's kind of you know, there is these like kind of local clubs where you can just be a part of this thing. But for us it is kind of a bigger vision, which is like, man, we want our members to be able to go and enjoy you know, these very elevated experiences, exclusive spots around the country. And that's what we kind of commit to them to doing. And then what we're in the process of building out right now. I love it, dude. I seriously, I think this is so next level in the way things can be. And, and, and you have such a head start, like it's going to be embarrassing if people try to imitate it, to be honest, for them. It's like, you've kind of come out the gate so hard and so strong. 
And I know because I've spoken to you many times, it's been a lot of work to get to this point, but it's like, come on, like just, you know, this is it. Good. <laughs> There's actually another club that's, that's doing something similar. I don't know if they've launched yet or not, but right after we launched a few months after we were live, they kind of messaged us and they were like, hey, you can't use the first ever bourbon NFT club because we have that trademarked, et cetera, et cetera. And we're launching next month. And I was like, well, man, it sounds like, sounds like you're not. I got first use, bro. <laughs> so there's been, some of that. There's been well, it's called first yeah. use. I know. So there's been some of that funny stuff too, but there also has been the, the challenges, right? Like, I mean, FTX crash was right about when we were launching. Oh, so God. people have been really, people have been really hesitant about crypto NFT space. There's been a lot of like, Hey, this is a scam. People, people have a really hard time connecting the, the digital world to the physical world and that crossover that we're trying to create. Like most stuff in the NFT space has been like bullshit digital art that like either goes to overvalue oh, grand. Yeah. So if you have 50 grand tomorrow or it's worth nothing the day after you buy it. And so people are really hesitant. There's us. Um, there's a membership similar to us in the golf space that I think is doing a really good job. I can't remember the name of their, of their club right now, but they're doing a really similar thing where they're members and then they're buying like golf courses. And that's really cool where your membership gets you access to private clubs. So I think the crossover from like digital to physical is going to evolve over the next couple of years. And hopefully people will start to see what that looks like. But yeah, it hasn't had it, you know, it hasn't been short of its share of challenges as well, given that the blockchain nature of the club. Oh, 100%. I mean, like, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you know, I'm also, obviously, you know, heavily invested in that side of the world. You know, yeah. I, I call, I call all these things my Hail Marys. Obviously, it's income. It's money that I've, you know, if it works, fuck yeah. And, and I, I wouldn't put money in things that I didn't believe could work. You know, I tell people on crypto, I remember the late nineties with PayPal when nobody was, Oh my God, they're going to steal all your money. And this is a joke. And da, 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 da. I'm like, shit, who doesn't have a PayPal or Venmo account in 2023? Only. 25 years later after launch. So it's kind of like, okay, you might not believe in N NFTs and crypto right now, but like, maybe in 20 years you wake up and be like, I remember that day when I could have bought Bitcoin, you know, for 27,000 or Ethereum, you know, for 1500. Yep. Eh, so, yep. so yeah, different kind of press, different kind of, and for, and for us too, like, it's just purely because a lot of people have asked, like, why, why build this on blockchain or why make this an NFT? And for us, honestly, just the like the way that the technology works from an authentication standpoint, from a community protection yeah. standpoint, making sure that like this is truly a members only thing. And like even like most of our activity functions through Discord, which is like a chat room server that you can set up. You know, the day that somebody sells their membership peer to peer, they get kicked out of our Discord channel. And that's where all of the invitations to these members only things come from. All the registration. So, so, wait, so like you bring up a good point here. So. The 2500, you're anticipating it's going to go up in value in the future. Yeah, that's the hope is once it's, as it sells out and as those don't become available anymore, now you hold a token that you can either sell back to the club at a certain point or you can sell peer to peer on these different marketplaces. Yeah. So that's, that's really like why we did that was like, man, this is such a self policing, like oh, enabling it's, it's, technology it's a golf club. It's, it's, it's a golf club. It's gyms. It's been done in the past right. where like, it's a membership with value, meaning like you can transfer it, you can do, you know, back, you can pay, you, you can sell it to another person, but like, that's it. There's only 1500. That's it. Done. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And the administration of the club really becomes easy with the blockchain technology there. And that's what we love about it. No, I love, love, love. All right. Back to one. I always got to ask the famous question on my podcast. What is a moment that you have had in your whiskey 
passion journey that you wanted to pinch yourself like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm doing this or I'm, I did it. Like, I'm sure you got a few because you've been around a lot of fucking cool people. But like, what's the moment where you like, whoa, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, I mean, that's my five one hundreds is a hard one because that was early on in your career. And, you know, and, and maybe that is the experience. But I mean, you can totally, you know, like I, I'll, I can bank that one. But I got to imagine six years later, you've done a lot of other cool shit. And that one in the moment didn't seem maybe as cool as it would be later. When you were like, oh shit, I can't believe we did that. Yeah, there's, a, so there's like, there's a few that stand out. The, the 25 100s is a good one. I would say three other ones and I'll make them quick. Like probably the first weekend that I was into whiskey hunting, I went out with two coworkers. We were, we were in Palm Desert, California, outside Joshua Tree National Park. And we had literally been reading like Reddit threads about which bottles are like rare and hard to find. And we walked through this little gas station and my coworker saw an Elmer T. Lee in the little case. And he was like, I think that's one of the ones I saw on a Reddit thread. We should, we should buy it. So we bought it. The, the clerk pulls from behind the counter two George T. Stags. I think they were 2018 or 2017 George T. Stags. He's like, the rep dropped these off a couple weeks ago, said he's going to come back for him. And he hasn't yet. Do you guys want these? And we're like, yeah, sure. We had no clue what we want, what they were. So I think I spent like, Three hundred and seventy-five dollars out the door for those three balls. Oh, so I, I, I walked in your Gelson's one, and like the George T. Stags were just sitting on the shelf for ninety-nine dollars each. And I remember yeah. calling a buddy of mine at a liquor store, and this was like maybe two thousand eighteen. And I'm like, "Hey, Steve, is is this a good deal?" And he's like, "Where the fuck is?" I'm like, "Well, I'm not telling you where it is, but okay, <laughs> cool. I'm going to buy them." And I remember the guy, like the guy was like so pissed, he had to go open up the glass case. He was like, "Lurch." He was just like, oh, really? Yeah. You're just going to get those for you? And I'm like, yeah, please. And he's like, oh. I'm like, I'll just take all three. And he's like, oh, yeah, fun. I need to make space anyway. And I'm like, oh, shit. I just got like a $400 bottle for $99. Oh, could you imagine like having that happen today? Yeah, exactly. And that was when they were trading for like three fifty, four hundred. But yeah, I, I literally remember walking out of that store having swiped my credit card for $370 or whatever the total was. And I was like, my wife is going to divorce <laughs> me for spending like... $400 on whiskey like this is insane and now like to this day that's probably the best deal in whiskey I'll ever get just walking into a liquor oh, store so that's why that's the wives the wives it's the wives the wives I mean yeah my, my wife said a pretty good job of just not asking just know yeah. that it's worth money and not how much it costs and like this will be great in the future <laughs> well but see that I had I had proven myself back then though now she would have no problem with it but back then she had no idea I'm like telling her this stuff is worse stuff and she's like yeah sure whatever like you know, I didn't have the chops yet to be able to stand behind my purchase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. All right, next story. <laughs> so I would say that I would say that's one. Second, second one, Dwayne for our community collection for Bourbon Heads. He, as part of his investment into the club, he gave us two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in whiskey like contributions. <laughs> so that was a really cool like that was a really cool full circle moment saying like. Hey, this guy who's now my friend is kind of the origination of what inspired me to collect whiskey. And now he's saying like, I want to be part of this vision with you. And I'm going to give you part of my collection as like a transitionary moment between what I do and what we're trying to do with the club now. So that was really cool. Number two. And then number he's three, amazing, man. Oh, dude, he's the best. And then number three, I would say was actually at our retreat in Austin. And I didn't even realize this until maybe like. 48 hours into the retreat, but one of our members is from Guam and he flew from Guam all the way to Austin, Texas, just for that like members retreat. And like super cool dude made a ton of great friends. Like 
one of the one of the coolest guys I've ever met. His name is Ed. Had no idea we had a Bourbon Heads member in Guam, but the dude literally hopped on a plane for 30 hours to come hang out with us for three days and drink whiskey in Austin, Texas. And that was just like a mind blowing, like, man, we've created a community and we're, we're putting out a level of experience that people are willing to fly 30 hours to be a part of. Like, that was a really cool moment for me, too. Come on. You remember Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Preach it. That That is so freaking cool. Dude, I, you know, we ran through that time real quick. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on, dude. I'm so, so excited. I'm excited to be a member. I'm excited to like see what we can do to kind of let's close out the 1500. Let's get that done. And then like focus on all these brick and mortars. Definitely want to be there in Louisville in, in March. Take a look over there. And I just, you know, thank you for coming on today. Do you want to plug the Instagram or any other? I, I know obviously bourbon heads, but any other Instagrams? Well, that's pretty much the main plug. We're, our website is just www.bourbonheads.com, so you can check out what we're doing. You can apply to be a member. Instagram.com backslash bourbonheads, just at bourbonheads is where you can find us on there. Yeah, we'll be posting updates on there. We'll be having a, like a grand opening party in Louisville for the speakeasy there probably in February, so we'll have to make sure that you're at that. And yeah, we'll have to connect in person today and appreciate you having me on. I appreciate it. Everyone, thank you for listening. Definitely head on over there. It's 2500 bucks. I'm telling you right now, it's a freaking deal. But what you're going to have access to and the fun you're going to have, this really should be a no-brainer. I'm not discounting the value of value, what money's worth to everybody, but this is way bigger than that. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate everybody. Don't forget to rate the show after you listen to it. And thank you, thank you, thank you, Brett, for coming on, my friend. And I will definitely talk to you soon. Listeners, we'll see you soon. Appreciate all of you.